Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Life Girl. I am your host, Bianca, and welcome back. I hope everyone has been having a good week. And just to be real and keep it transparent, this is my eighth or ninth time recording and re-recording this episode throughout because the enemy has been trying to have a hold on my tongue. I don't know what it is, but I consider myself to be a pretty good and like proficient talker but I'm stumbling and tripping over my words as I speak. And it's just too much stress for me to have to cut it out and like just go back and re-record. And I literally stayed up last night until one in the morning trying to do this. And I'm like, I just need a good night's sleep. I need some time to just recoup, recover, and come back fresh. And I'm so excited that I did that because today we are dissecting the topic of becoming the woman God designed you to be. Whether you are a woman who is new to her walk with the Lord or you've been on this journey for a couple years now, you and I both know how hard it can be to find a foundation on which you will stand and genuinely say, yes, this is the kind of person that I want to be as I follow and love the Lord. Our world has so much to say about who you should be rather than being the person that God made you to be. And I think that's a whole thing in itself is like our world is so much of define yourself. You can define yourself. Only you can do those things. And that's just not true because we change and our opinions change, our perspectives change. And so after a while, I just don't feel like defining yourself can be the one sustainable thing you can do. There's a lot of distraction. There are people speaking their truth and talking about what they think is important. But more importantly, I want to know what God says about this. So this week, we're dissecting this one by one and bringing this topic to the table. When I became serious about embracing God's design for myself, I decided that self-reflection would be a great place for me to start. And this meant that I took time to reflect on my life and my values and my beliefs and my purpose, because I believe that when you take your time to understand yourself better, I think that's the first successful step you can take toward becoming the person you believe God intended you to be. This is rather interesting because it involves looking at your past and your present life. So you're not just looking at where you are now as a person, but you're also looking past your past experiences and the things that you've been through and that can include you know trauma and good seasons and this also includes looking at the morals and values that you keep as you follow the lord and analyzing yourself as a person as i prepared for you know this big leap of faith into this journey of figuring out all right this is the kind of woman that i want to be in the lord but i just don't know where to get there i highly evaluated my past and what that entailed I've talked about this before, but I've struggled with sexual sin. I've struggled with porn use, with lust and being promiscuous in general. And that was a big hurdle for me. And I knew that I wanted to take note of that because later on, I would definitely want to dig deeper into that and dig toward the root of like how I even became addicted to pornography and like how I was able to free myself. Setting boundaries around that and being transparent with people in my life about that because you can't just look at the tree and the leaves that it produces because a tree is grown from roots underground and for me that problem I think is like a deeply rooted spiritual problem that I wanted to go a lot more in depth in that I already had another like really deep pit for me I remember were my issues with my biological father at the time um my dad has always been involved in my life and very present and you know just a good dad in general but at the time we just did not have the best relationship or understanding with each other and being that that connection wasn't there I think that a girl's heart just has a void for her father and so I just had this like big empty Jesus-sized hole in my heart that like I ironically just filled with everything else except the Lord and I mean by God's grace he has healed me he's restored me and refined me but at the time I didn't know that like he was the missing piece if that makes sense and so I just filled everything with God which you know it just 
it just made more sense than like what I was doing before, which was like filling it with lust and porn and worldly things and stuff that just genuinely was not good for me. As I self-reflected, I did not want to forget, you know, about the things that I discovered about myself because when you delve into your life and the past experiences that you've made, like you realize a lot about yourself. You realize how resilient you are and the things that God has brought you through so graciously. And I didn't want to forget those things. And so this was when I developed my number one rule in life, which is to document everything. I document everything. Like either if it's journaling, if it's taking a photo, if it's taking a video, like I just totally believe in documenting things because I love to be able to look back at my past and be like wow I remember how hurt I was over this person and what they did to me or this experience and I mean the other day I just looked back at like some of my journals that I filled up with like pages and pages and just like my true honest feelings that I knew no one was going to read my journals no one was going to watch the videos that you know I would take of like myself crying like because I wanted to remember how I felt in those moments and so I would be able to just work through that and get through the trauma so I wouldn't want to feel like that anymore. And so documenting everything, again, number one rule, it's just something that's so important to me because I know exactly how I felt in that moment. I can tell from my facial expressions and just my feelings as I, you know, wrote them down and became more truthful about it. The funny thing is, is I still have my journals today. Right now, I digital journal a lot. So I just like write on my iPad with the GoodNotes app. But like I have so many of like my paper hardback journals and like, man, the stuff in there, I'm just going to say it was just deep. That's all I'm going to say about that. But there was just so much like trauma that I had gone through, emotional baggage that I was like carrying with me that the Lord just like so graciously took off my shoulders. And I just could not be more thankful, but I don't think I would have been able to realize like, wow, the Lord carried me through the trenches had I not like, you know, put that out there and, you know, got my feelings onto paper because you don't remember your feelings when you just talk about them to other people. Like that was a big thing of mine was like, I felt like, you know, talking was a big outlet, you know, in therapy and counseling with friends and, you know, trusted family members. But at the end of the day, I think the most self-reflective thing that you can do for yourself is journaling and getting it down. One, I think it's a way where you just like get it out of your chest. Like a lot of my feelings at least sit in my chest and I feel them physically and it causes like a like a pain and it's not like a heartburn kind of pain or like a punch in the chest kind of pain. It's just like a heavy pain, you know, and I and I felt it a lot of the time when I would cry or just be emotional. Um, but getting those feelings out onto my journal, like I swear it just melted off of me. And I was also able to like pray over it and again, see my progress that I had made over time. This is going to sound weird, but when I needed to, I would definitely feel myself crying. I did say that just now. Um, and I did this because I really wanted to remember the pain that I had felt from the unresolved trauma that I had and that I carried with me all throughout my childhood. And now as I enter adulthood, because the stuff that you go through when you don't work through it, like it just sits on you. And whether you like it or not, it will come out one way or another. And I just felt that. Like I, again, felt it in my chest. I felt it in my spirit and how it affected me. And so me filming myself crying and saving it to my camera roll, as odd as it sounds, it was my way of like reminding myself, you have to work through this girl. If you want to make real progress, you have to put in the work and you have to get grimy and get the dirt under your fingernails in order to come out prosperous and, you know, really heal and make that self-growth and improvement in the end. The verse that I like highly cling to in this season was Romans 8.18, if you know, you know, because that was so true to me. That was like Jesus telling me the, the pain that you're experiencing 
something. One is temporary, which we often forget. And two, it just cannot compare to the way that I'm about to bless you. And in the moment when you're feeling those things and you're going through your past and you're going through your past life and how it's affecting you presently, it's just hard to understand that. It's hard to be like, wow, this season is temporary because it's happening to you in the moment. So you just fail to realize the truth. And so had I not had God's word with me, y'all, like I would not be here speaking from this perspective because Romans 8, 18 and just God's word in general was like such an anchor of truth because I knew what God says comes to pass. God does not make mistakes. God does not tell lies. Like he keeps his promises and they always come through. So I just knew if he said that, then I've got nothing to worry about. When you begin looking at God's desire for your identity in him, I think it's important that you, number one, connect with your faith. And number two, you seek guidance from women in the position that you would eventually like to be in one day. This is where I want to encourage you to deepen your faith and your connection with Jesus if you haven't already. And let's just stop for a second, because I think for me, like probably a year ago, I really thought I was like close with the Lord. I thought that like I had basically done everything that I can and that there was just no room left for me to grow in my faith and that was like so not true number one I was like really wrestling with anxiety and worry of the future and I think that that came from a really deep-rooted issue of my lack of trusting God like I did not trust that God could take me through really difficult seasons at the time and I mean I was going through such a rough time where I like just severed a friendship that really meant the most to me but I knew that at the end of the day it just was toxic it wasn't really a good environment for me to be in and I felt like my world was like set on fire and not in the good way like I just genuinely did not think that I would come back from that and again because it was happening to me in the moment I just didn't think that there would be you know a light at the end of the tunnel and I mean had I not connected with the Lord one I'm much more closer to him like we just I understand him so much better now and I understand his character and who he is as a person and as my father but I mean that experience he used it to give himself glory and to also like work in my life and do a lot of that deep work but again had I not made that connection with the Lord I don't know if I would be here today doing things like developing a quiet time routine that worked with my schedule and engaging in prayer and meditation and also seeking guidance from my spiritual leaders and mentors really really carried me through the season the importance of analyzing your schedule and obligations when you desire to spend time with God like it is wild because the day just gets you like it's no secret that 24 hours in a day it's just not enough and I understand that life gets so chaotic and hectic for me but on the days that you know I wasn't putting my quiet time routine first I obviously wasn't putting Jesus first ahead of my day it just didn't make sense for me and it you know I just didn't feel like God was with me and I knew that that wasn't true again like your faith is not your feelings but at the time it was just awful and so for me my quiet time routine as of date is like you know spending time with Jesus early in the morning and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's the same thing you can do because again if you work if you go to school if you just have things going on if you're a mother to little ones like I know how hard it can be and so for me the morning just works for me but again I encourage you to find a quiet time routine that works for you and your schedule just analyzing your schedule your responsibilities and your obligations and maybe just picking an hour throughout each day where you can read your word maybe a devotional and just have some quiet time with the lord i think is really important no matter if it happens in the morning in the middle of the day on your lunch break or at night after the kids are like put to bed like i think 
that no matter what time of day it is, as long as the effort is there, I truly think that's all that matters. That's like a big issue and kind of beef that I have with the church. And I've noticed this a lot in Christian women specifically who have always said, you know, you need to put Jesus like first throughout your day, which is true. You should be doing that. But a lot of the time when they say that, they mean you need to be up at 5 a.m. reading your word. And I just don't ever want to put that expectation on other people. And I know that I've said that in the past, but my perspective has changed so much as I've grown over time because it's just not always realistic. It's not always possible. Even for me, like that's when I spend time with the Lord, 5 a.m., but there are days like that I'm traveling or I just have a really early morning and I can't get to it. It's not always possible, like I said. And so I never want to push that expectation of like, you're basically not good enough if you don't spend time with Jesus in the morning because I think that's highly toxic. But I do think the important thing is, is that no matter what time of day it is, you're spending time with the Lord regardless of what time it is. Because again, as long as the effort is there, I truly think that's all that matters. Enough of my beef with the scheduling quiet time thing, but I do believe that when I decided and, you know, I wanted to become serious about becoming a woman who truly walks with the Lord, which to me is a whole different thing than deciding to follow God. Because when you decide to follow God, you're like, okay, I give my life to you and, you know, it's no longer about me. It's all about you. I give you the glory. You're acknowledging that you are a sinner in need of a savior, but you also acknowledge that when you are a woman who is intertwined with the world and worldly things instead of the kingdom of God, you realize like later on in your walk with God, that's just not going to cut it and that you need more. And y'all, that was like so me last year, like me last year. I was, what grade was I in? I was definitely in high school. I was in high school at the time. And now I'm in college and looking at that time and now and comparing the two, like there are several things that are so different, especially in this area of my spirit. You know, I was like so obsessed with like wanting to fit in and wanting to like do the things that everyone in my school was doing. It was like challenges. It was like just dumb, like high school things. You know what I mean? And I was so obsessed with that. And the Holy Spirit, I just knew was like tugging on my heart, like, come on, you know, like come back to me and stuff like that. And I did end up doing that. But at the time, like I was just so obsessed with like worldly things. And the only thing I wanted to do was to fit in, to be accepted and to be loved. And a godly woman is just never going to fit the world's standards. And it took me a second to realize that because when people call you out for doing the things that you are doing to please the Lord, it's like, yeah, you're an outsider. Like the Bible tells us like we're just foreigners passing through a land that's not our home. But I didn't realize that at the time and I wanted to make it my home so bad. And so now as a freshman in college, like it's just something that I realize has such a significant importance to it. My, uh, she's always going off during, Alexa, stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have multiple echoes all throughout my house, so I'm in my bedroom recording right now, but I have one in my bathroom, in my office. I'm surprised I haven't bought one for the kitchen, for the other bathrooms, because like, it's just like, it's a big help, but when she does little calendar invites, I'm like, I get it, you're being a good assistant, 
but let's chill because I'm recording right now. I was so infatuated with that lifestyle and wanting to be included and accepted, but I realized that it just wasn't going to cut it and I didn't really fit, you know, that expectation. And now as a godly woman, like there are so many things I had to give up if I wanted to become serious about becoming the woman that God designed me to be. Things like gossip, things like slandering other people, things like spilling tea and speaking my mind. Other things like, you know, just being less full of myself and having less vanity and lust in my heart, giving up porn use, like stuff that I just made so much about me. My life was about me, even though I was following God that, you know, the Lord convinced me and really convicted me like, listen, this is actually a better way to live your life. And that sounds weird, but it was totally the truth. And now that I'm here, I would never go back. Like once the Holy Spirit is dwelling in your life, you never want to go back. And I think that's a powerful place to be. Going back to the topic of a prayer routine and quiet times, it was very important for me to have prayers that I would consistently pray every single day before going into God's word. So praying things like, Lord, please give me strength to apply what I read in your word to my daily life or number two please give me the ability to interpret what I'm about to read and number three please reveal scriptures to me that speak to me in my situation those prayers have become a new normal for me like I don't do my quiet time without those prayers and when I tell you why it's because they work they do work and I genuinely would not have it any other way because I feel that when you pray specific prayers like Lord please protect me today please remove anyone from my life that has bad intentions the Lord is like so just careful and so loyal and so loving to deliver those things and I think that that's really important because God recently has been convicting me like girl you can pray bigger prayers and know that I will come through again I think that that's something that can really build my faith in the Lord so I've been like God can you please help me to grow my business can you please help me to reach the people that I want to reach I think that when you pray specific prayers even even if they're little, even if they're small, even if they're like literally huge or medium, I don't know what the size is, but as long as you pray prayers knowing fully in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, like the Lord can and will come through on this. Remember, like what God says always has to come to pass. And I think when you do that and you do it wholeheartedly, it's just such a good place to be in your faith and also a good opportunity to grow it as well. What I want to say to the sister who is struggling to believe that God will come through on a promise, on something that he has declared and said over her life, I want to tell you that you can pray the biggest prayers that you can possibly imagine and you can pray those in your life without fear or without hesitation or worry because it's something that you won't run away from after time when you start to build your prayer life and build about you know the things that you pray about. I think that you run toward God with your prayers instead, instead of running away and being like, maybe God won't do this. Maybe he won't be, you know, faithful enough to fulfill this prayer when he actually will. And I think that that comes with time, but also when you pray your specific prayers, it just does such a good work in your spirit. When you surround yourself with people who can offer guidance and support on your spiritual journey, I think that when you include your mentors, your clergy, or your wise individuals into your community, you can truly expect some immense growth. And I have to talk about this. I'll admit, like I didn't even put this in my notes at first, but I felt so convicted to even mention this because at the time when I decided, you know, an identity with the Lord is like something I genuinely want and I want him to dwell in me, I really used to envy other women who were also walking with the Lord. Like I felt like I was in some kind of competition because I was in a totally different place rather than viewing them as like a role model or something that I would like to live up to. I viewed it as like, I need to be better than her and I'm in competition with her. And that's just not my desire 
anymore. And the reason I felt that way was because I felt threatened. I was broken. And I felt like, you know, these women have more knowledge than me. They're more successful than me. And it was never a friendly partnership for me. It was never about that because I saw it as a competition and again, a need to be better. And as a person who has been transformed by the grace of God, like, let, like, don't even forget, this was me like a year ago. I really thought I had to be in competition with every single woman that I see. And when you realize that your identity does not come from the contest that you win, the things you compete against, but literally who God says you are, I think you just let go of those desires because I don't have those desires. I have to tell you, like one of the biggest lies that the enemy uses to get you to focus on everyone else other than God is that you have to be in constant competition, even with other guys. And it's crazy how the enemy can use deception to really, really cloud your judgment. But it is true. And in this area, especially for women, it's just hard to watch another woman who is also more successful than you. But I tell you that when you do that, when you see a woman who is at the same, at a different, you know, spiritual level than you are, and you're like, hey, I'm not going to compare with her. I'm not going to compete with her. She's not my competition, but instead I'm going to just talk to her. I want to learn more about how she, you know, got to that place with her relationship with the Lord. I think that that does such a transformative work in you. And you realize that no one is your competition because everyone is running a completely different race with the same God. And looking back, like, I don't even know why, but I felt always the need to figure people out and like why they were the way that they were and that's again not my desire anymore like I realize that if I'm the most spiritually disciplined person in the room and I fear God the most and I'm most confident in his plan I feel like I need to find another room because I never want to live a life where I'm not learning from people who are better than me and I'm not saying that we're better than anyone but I am saying that there are people at higher levels than we are let's just be real and I used to be so threatened and now I'm like oh yeah no like please teach me your ways please mentor me please I want your insight on this uh, situation and this conversation that I'm facing because it's just so hard but I know that you've been through it and so when you stop acting like every single woman is your competition and she's something that you have to beat and something that you have to win against First of all, there's so much freedom in that in realizing that everyone is on their own race. And number two, you revert your focus back to God instead of other people and what they're doing. I had to look to women who knew how to fast, who knew how to pray and get into God's presence when I didn't know how to do any of those things. And let me tell you, that was truly life-changing. And I knew that if I wanted to learn more about embracing my identity in Jesus Christ, I would only learn by doing and by looking up to powerful Christian women in my life. Back to my issue with pornography use, I honestly did not ever think that I would be freed from that. And I've talked about this before, that being a slave to sin, I thought was my destiny. I thought that it was my fate. And if I hadn't told someone who had overcome that and, you know, had inspired me to overcome the same issue, I wouldn't be speaking about this today. Had someone not asked me to consider extending forgiveness to my dad and rebuilding my relationship with my biological father, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't just have faith. I just wouldn't be in this position that I am today. This is where I want to encourage you and give you a little spiritual homework. I want you to make an effort to have conversations with a friend, a mentor, or a godly woman in your church that you genuinely look up to and ask the questions that you have. For me, I wanted to ask the question, how do I get over my porn addiction? Because again, it was something I never thought I would be free from. I thought that being a slave to that kind of sin was just my destiny, that it was my fate. And had I not talked to women that had overcome it and also were victorious over it, I mean, I wouldn't be speaking from this perspective. 
it was so helpful that I had a friend who also struggled with having issues with her biological father at the time as well. And had she not inspired me and encouraged me to like extend forgiveness, even though I didn't want to at the time, I wouldn't have a successful and good, healthy relationship with my biological father that I didn't have at the time. So again, had I not gone to women who inspired me and who I looked up to as role models and people that I consider on a higher level than me, again, I would not be speaking from the perspective I am today. I grew immensely when God humbled me. <laughs> like, I feel like we all need a piece of humble pie every single day because I never hesitate to be like, oh yeah, that's all me. And God's like, nah, girl, sit down. <laughs> like he does it so quick too. And it's just like, mm, okay, amen, God. But like the Lord led me to serve other people and I didn't really feel this tug on my heart like I had in that moment. And when I tell you that, like God used that to heal me from so many past hurts and past shameful experiences that I have. Like it was truly such a game changer. And like many of you, I had no idea where to start serving or even why was it important. But until I started serving, making meals for Puerto Rico with my family after their recent hurricane, it was such a fun family time, especially because I was with my family and I feel like when I'm with my crew, I feel most at peace. And the Lord did not hesitate to show me like what you just did actually has such a great and profound impact on these people that you're helping. I mean, these were people that had problems that I couldn't even fathom of having. There were countless people in the PR area that were just in need, who had extreme damage, their power was turned off, there was no water supply, and people who just needed a huge break post-hurricane. And like, here I am thinking that it was like such an inconvenient thing to do to serve, and that just was not the truth. And I'm honestly still convicted, like I know I have to serve more, I know I haven't done nearly as enough as so many other people people have or what God wants me to do but I felt so much better because I stopped looking at myself and the things that I had and the quote-unquote problems that I had and I looked at people who wish they had my problems and it gave me a new perspective like you know when people say you know one way to practice self-care is like write down three things you're grateful for and it sounds cheesy but like when I tell you that that made me want to do that and that made me want to like shut up about the own things I'm going through and like what I think is a big deal because these people would kill to have my problems and would kill to have the things that I have, but they're in the position that they are right now. And given that I am in a more fortunate position, I can donate my time. I can donate my help. I can donate literally anything I have to help these people in need. I'm a really dramatic person and I really often make a big deal about things that honestly are not a big deal. Like I look back, I'm like, that was totally not even worth your reaction. But it again, it like I didn't even want to like even focus on myself anymore like my main concern in that moment was how do I help these people and I truly think that the Lord highlighted that opportunity and highlighted more opportunities for me in like my church in local organizations soup kitchens and live events that were asking for our help daily and I mean you can truly trust that the Lord will deliver you from so many things and heal you from so many things while also using you to fulfill an opportunity that he's provided it is so easy to be obsessed with getting what you want from God and being like, God, please just let me have this. And at one point, God was like, girl, when are you going to take away from yourself and also put yourself into others? And I was like, wow. Because all we do is like take, take, take. And when God is asking us just to care a little bit about people, again, who wish they had our problems. And I just never wanted to talk again. <laughs> I never wanted to talk again because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like the worst person because I'm complaining about things that aren't even issues compared to like the devastating travesties that these people are going through. 
One prayer that really makes me grateful for the things that I have every single day is being like, Lord, please, thank you so much for the coffee that I drink and for the Bible that I read. God, thank you for the clothes I have on my back and the car that I drive. And these are like simple acknowledgments and realizing the things the Lord has given you so graciously and the things that you have that you take for granted all the time. I remember when I first got my car, um, it was giving me a lot of issues. I'm like a big believer in like getting a used car if it's like the most sensible thing and this was a used car and she's still in like really really good shape like honestly she has treated me so well but when I got my car she would always give me problems with the ignition and there would be times where my car just did not want to start for the life of me and I would get so upset I remember this one time I just like slammed my fist into the car I highly regretted it too because it really hurt but I just like was so upset and I'm like this stupid car is so annoying and I remember like back like when I wish I had a car and other people who wish they had a car and I'm just like y'all I just I gotta shut up for a second and that's what the Lord does like the Lord when he sees us having outbursts over things that really aren't a big deal and things that we can look toward him instead it's like he never fails to humble us and to make us grateful for what we have a really deep and big pit for me was letting go of shame from my past and my past altogether i'm like really hard on myself and i wrestle with shame and guilt you know and getting through the things of my past still to this day and what i have to say to the sister who's feeling ashamed is that that feeling of shame that you're dirty or that you're too far gone is nothing but a scheme from the devil and is not from god at all most of the time the enemy is way too busy trying to get you to look back at your past mistakes and what you could have done differently what you should have could have would have done so that you won't look forward to the good things and the blessings that god is planning and preparing for you in early 2022 i developed feelings for a guy that i went to school with and i thought i really thought i was going to end up with him so much so that i forgot god in the process and after some time like i realized the situation i got myself into was really toxic and i decided to end my involvement with the person on my own accord because i knew it was the right thing to do and yet i felt so guilty like i felt so ashamed of myself that i let that relationship with god suffer and that i chose to drift away just so that some guy who didn't even stick around would like me more and you know i was young at the time but i just didn't know better and because i wasn't rooted in my faith deeply like the lord calls us to i just didn't know what god wanted for me and god used that to wipe away my tears and make me new and i couldn't have been more thankful I'm turning 18 in about a week. It's crazy. And I think about this time last year when I was 17. I was turning 17 and I felt the like biggest amount of shame on my chest and on my shoulders. It was like this big burden that I was carrying around. So to the sister who cannot seem to overcome the shame that her past brings her, I want you to know that you are made completely new in Jesus and that he has called you to somewhere higher than you currently already are. And he dwells in you so that now you can live confidently for him without fear of the future. I want to quote Proverbs 31 verse 25 and it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. I always like fathomed of a time where I would get to just laugh at the future and be like, you know what? I fear nothing because I have the Lord. And at the time last year, I really wanted that. And as a godly woman, I think a lot of that is realizing no matter what happens, no matter it is that what you've done, if you think you've gone too far, there is hope and there is redemption and that feeling of unshamefulness in Jesus Christ. 
and once you embrace the identity that he has for you I think that you can truly laugh without fear of the future and without fear of the things that may happen because you know you have God by your side you know that no matter what life tries to throw at you no matter what the enemy tries to throw at you you know that you have God and that he is your ultimate protector and your defender I saw this quote once that said, God is fighting for your name in battles that you don't even know about. And I was like, wow, because there is such a big battle going on in the spiritual world right now that not a lot of Christians are aware of. And I've recently just like realized this because I've been facing a lot of spiritual warfare, which I definitely want to talk about in next week's episode, how to fight spiritual warfare, how to overcome that and win that battle in Jesus's name. But I mean, I became so aware, like, man, the devil is really trying to get under my skin and I'm giving him an eviction notice like that sounds cheesy but it's just so important to take that authority and to laugh you know to the future because it's just so hard to not worry but when you have God by your side you realize you have everything you need and he's not going to let you fall that's another thing like the Lord did not bring you this far just to leave you here and just to forsake you and never pick you back up again so even if this feeling you know it feels stagnant in this season and it feels like nothing is working it feels like nothing is becoming better or making progress i just want you to know that sometimes feelings like that are an attack from the enemy and it's so important that we just look to god for truth and for wisdom and more importantly direction in our lives as we close out today's episode, I want to do something that we, I don't think have ever brought to the podcast before, which is sharing your prayer request over matters that you really need prayer over. For Spotify listeners, after you've wrapped up this episode, you can swipe up on the bottom of your play screen for this episode and a little question box will appear where you can drop your prayer need and anything that you would want prayer over. And if you're listening on Apple or Google Podcasts or any other platform, you can send your prayer need to us by sending us a message at our email address. Our email address is speak at the real life girl. That is S-P-E-A-K at The Real Life Girl, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-I-F-E-G-I-R-L.com. Woo, that was a mouthful. I don't even know how I got through that. Oh my gosh. You see what I mean? Like the enemy is really trying it today. Like it's such a good thing he's under my feet because the way that like oh my gosh these words trip me up so hard but god's got me y'all we are more than happy to lift up all your prayer needs and your prayer requests and things that you genuinely just need prayer and guidance over i mean we're it's so important for us to go to war for each other and to know how to war in the spirit through our prayer and so i encourage you the things that you can't talk about the things that you just can't seem to get through i encourage you to drop your prayers in there and we'd be so more than happy to pray over those things I really enjoy chatting in today's episode I feel like this episode just freed someone out there who is really struggling to claim her identity in Christ, but I just want you to know that there is freedom and that there is grace and redemption in Christ Jesus. And with that being said, I really hope y'all enjoy today's episode and I will see you in the next one.